Hey guys, we are live. This is Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset with episode 318. We have our co-host Greg Cannon here tonight. Hey everyone. How's it going? Ready for, good. ready for some turkey? <laughs> oh, I'm hungry. I'm real hungry. And we have our guests of the hour. We have Tom Fuller, the match director, founder, mind, mastermind behind the AG Cup. And we have Austin Orgain, who is the most recent winner of the AG Cup. Are you wearing your belt? No, it's, uh, it's right here behind me. I didn't. I guess I should have put it on, but I figured I'd get it where you can see it. So you should have put it on. You could just stood up all day long with yeah, the or just, the whole show. Stand the, there. Just aim the camera right there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just show the belt. Yeah. So how's it going? That's going good. Um, just enjoying some deer season and being home. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start this show off. I mean, I can't believe anybody would be unfamiliar with Tom, but. We're going to start with you, Tom, and let you just kind of tell a little bit about yourself and how you got into competitive shooting and starting Armageddon gear and the AG Cup. Okay, I'll do the short version. Uh, I was in the Army, liked shooting, got out, worked for Bushnell, uh, kind of learned the business thing, uh, resigned from Bushnell after several years and put together the Bushnell tactical line. Um, and started Armageddon gear because it was really at that time there was no all the big tactical gear companies had been bought up moved overseas so there was a big hole in the military market because they have to buy American made and uh, we we got into it and then uh, we're shooting matches PRS started got on the ground floor of the PRS Armageddon gear took off as the PRS took off and it's been great the rest is history, huh? Yeah, it's been great. It's been super good. And then your latest endeavor has been the AG Cup. The AG Cup. Uh, so I've been around the, the, the long-range shooting, what we call PRS now, since 2009. And, uh, and it's kind of the same thing. Year after year after year, guys go up. The best shooters in the world are showing up to matches. They compete. They win. They pick a certificate. They pick a piece of gear they've already got 10 of. And they go home, and at the end of the year, they're like, man, do the math on the cost of this. And I'm like, man, to make this sustainable, I've seen all the shooting sports, been involved in a lot of them, uh, three gun, been to Camp Perry, the shotgun stuff, and they they get they get popular and they die. They get popular and they die off. And, and um, as a, a stakeholder in the PRS, uh, that I want it to last because me and all my employees rely on it. It's like, man monetize capitalism works if we can make a an elite series of of this sport for guys are getting paid guys are making money uh i think it'll something aspirational to continue to feed the base because prs up until this point has been you know very wide but not real tall and do we have something where the top guys can can throw it down and compete against each other because at a normal match a guy like Austin may be competing against the guy that's his first match. And, uh, and when it's everybody there is as good, I think Austin would agree, it adds, and the stakes are high, it adds a whole nother level of competition that these guys haven't seen before until this. So yeah, I think absolutely. it's working. I think it's going well. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we've got something that's got legs and it's going to be around for a long time. 
That's awesome. We're going to talk a little bit more about the AG Cup in a minute, but I want to give Austin a chance for anybody that doesn't know you. How did you get into shooting and tell us about your latest accomplishment? <laughs> I guess I could kind of do the short version too. Um, I started off as a kid. I, I was always kind of interested in guns and uh, my parents really didn't hunt. They didn't really shoot. I don't know where I got the drive from. Um, and then 4-H kind of came along and they were doing some pellet rifle and pellet pistols. So I got into that. And then later on uh, into some trap shooting, skeet shooting, shotgun stuff. I didn't actually start shooting any kind of long range anything until um, I was out of college and I had a job and could finally start affording to buy my own rifles. And, and I was actually working in Woodward, Oklahoma, which is where Butch's Guns is headquartered and just got to going in and out of the store and got to know those guys and uh, ended up buying my first custom rifle there. Um, they kind of helped me get started in the long range stuff. I started with them. They did some small uh, monthly matches and then I got into the OPPS, which is Oklahoma's uh, club, their, their series. And uh, those guys were really helpful. It's a, you know, we got a really, really good bunch of people here in Oklahoma to help that are always willing to help. And, and those guys were kind of instrumental of that. And, you know, once I started, I just kind of took to it like a duck to water and, and I really, really enjoyed it and started chasing some matches. So, so how long have you actually been in the precision rifle game? Um, so let's see, 2015 is when I kind of first started shooting, uh, long range stuff. And then 2016 rifles only was my first PRS match as a member. And so I shot that and I shot quite a few that year. Pretty um, good to just have been doing it a few years and then mm -hmm. end up on top at the AG cup with some of the best shooters around. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a blessing. That's for sure. Pretty amazing. Um, so back to the AG cup, you kind of told us what it is and I know the money, but what else sets the AG cup apart from other matches? So for me, it's just, it's like Tom said, I mean, you, you are shooting against the best of the best of the country. Um, you know, anybody who even thinks they have a shot at being competitive at the AG Cup is going to be there because, I mean, why wouldn't you? There's a ton of money. And there's a ton of different ways to win money. You don't just have to win first place. Uh, you can win stages. You could have won day money. And I think, um, you know, Tom had, had kind of asked us this year at Wisconsin uh, uh, some of our thoughts and some of the better shooters were there. And we kind of shared with him, and, and I guess he liked the idea because he implemented a few of the things, and it, I thought it was great. I, I really think the format um, and the way that he did it this year was awesome. Uh, you know, everybody had a chance to win money. So, and, and then you, with that kind of money and those kind of shooters there, you know, the pressure is, is definitely there. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys were feeling it and I think they'd all agree with me, especially just get rolling in on day one. And, and I think being there last year, um, probably helped quite a bit because we felt that pressure, pressure last year, uh, starting off on the first day. Uh, this is also, uh, my first three day match. So I have, I haven't ever shot like that three days in a row, uh, especially on this big of a match. You know, it's a, it was a reasonably high round count for a three day match. So. But it was it was a lot of fun. I will say I don't think I've ever seen this group as tentative about their shooting as I did there. Um, 
it was just interesting how people were slowing down and yeah well, it was of, neat to watch the uh, I've never seen a lot of y'all rattled and day one there were some really rattled people <laughs> oh god yeah <clears throat> well I was probably one of them I didn't start off very well on the on the first half of day one I was um the first couple of stages were kind of rough I didn't start off like I wanted to and I, and I knew by the lunch break I knew that I was really gonna have to pick it up or I wasn't even gonna be shooting in day two much less day three uh so I really picked it up the second half of day one and, and finished uh, yeah. plenty well enough to make day two so yeah it was really crazy watching a lot of you guys come off of stages the you know kind of the same way I come off of stages you know sometimes just kind of like what just happened yeah well and it was it was pretty tough you know they kind of had that hurricane come through a few days before and the wind was mm. you know I'm, I'm I'm no stranger to shooting in the wind out here in Oklahoma I mean if you guys can't hear it's probably blowing 25 right now but just kind of the way those lanes are and the way the wind comes in, any little vector change can come over the trees a little bit different. And it had enough value where it mattered quite a bit. And the stages were challenging and challenging targets. So it made it, it made for a really tough match. Plus everybody's nervous. And then there's the aspect of you don't get to watch anybody else shoot. You don't get to watch anybody and how they, you know, really how they shoot it. You don't get to stand behind them and watch any trace to see what the, wind tendencies are doing or anything like that so you're just kind of all on your own and that I mean that definitely is worth some points and I do think that um, that does separate a lot of people let's say you know I'm still fairly new to this I'm definitely the newest shooter out of the four of us um, but the one place that I've shot more than any place else is there at arena um, mm -hmm. you know I've shot Phil's matches out there they were awesome uh, been out there for for a few other things so I've, I've been out there a ton I have never in my life seen wind like that out there. Yeah. It was absolutely insane for that facility. Normally it's a it's a left edge and hold it facility. Yeah. But it was it was definitely something different out there. Yeah, yeah it was it, it made it tough the first day. It wasn't didn't seem to be as bad on day two and three. I mean I know some of the guys were saying that was still more wind than they're used to is usually there, but um it wasn't too bad. Well the interesting thing is that uh, I shoot at a ring a lot. It's an hour and a half from here. Uh, lucky. Uh, and both <laughs> both years at the AG Cup were the worst wins I've ever seen down there. I mean, it wasn't a cakewalk last year, was it, Austin? No, it, no, it's tough last year too. But you know what? You gotta see. You uh, the morning of day two. No, it was the morning of day three uh, when the wind was really calm, and then it picked yeah. up and got kind of crazy. I was starting to sweat it because we had shot two stages and there was like a tons of clean. And I'm yeah. like, gosh, man, it, it's hard to separate a group of competitors that are at this level in a, in a hunt around bay. I, I mean, yeah. I'm like, dude, we're going to have ties stacked up forever. And then the wind came and it was switchy and it was up and down and guys were holding center and two mils and all over the, over a couple hours. And, and that, I was glad to see it as the guy trying to, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, not wanting to see 10 ties right. you know, in a money spot. So, uh, but it did make it hard for you guys. But I think the fact that you don't get to sit there, I mean, look, everybody that made it to AG Cup in their own right are very talented, you know, competitors. And, uh, but we all know, I mean, 
you know, you go to the pro-am at, at K&M and when the pro tells the amateur, here's your wind hold, just, just break it right and pull the trigger and I'll give you your correction. It's, you got a lot of AMs beating pros because of that. So, you know, you, everybody that, like I said, everybody that made it there deserved to be there for sure. They're great, great shooters in their own right. But when you don't have that ability to, to see the wind, make your best guess, and then have the plan B, I didn't hit, okay, it must have been this. You can see that, you can see where that is. And I'm not calling anybody out specifically. I'm just saying some guys are great at that and, and some guys aren't and they rely on being able to watch yeah. or being able to sh everybody share a wind call with them. Well, there's, a you, there's a difference between pull the trigger well, and there's a difference in doing it all at the same time. You know, we did have a match director that decided to hang a bunch of the targets on the edge of berms, so we didn't really see very many of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said about seeing them easy or not, but I mean, you yeah. know, it's 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 kind of one thing. Um, just a little insider look. One thing that I say in our class is, if you miss and you don't know where you missed, you either have to hold more or you have to hold less. There's not really a, you know, a lot of, a lot of people mm -hmm. hold the same shot and send it again. Yeah, that's, that's bad if holding it the same, we'll, we'll hit it the next time. So, so how many people won money at the AG Cup? I, I'm asking because I thought it was really cool that there was a lot of, like Austin said, a lot of chances to win money without being the top. A lot of people won stages. Do you know how many different people walked away with any money? Uh, I don't, and that's a question. I should know that. There were 35 different checks written, and the smallest was $1,000. So... I mean, there were 35 different opportunities to win money. And mm -hmm. there were 50 competitors or 42 that started day one. So, I mean, on day one, there were 11 opportunities to win money. Day two, there was 11. And day three, there was 13. So it's a lot of opportunities. So, you know, 35 different checks written. Uh, a lot of guys doubled down. You know, some guys went home with a stack of checks, you know. Austin, how many checks you got? Uh, let's see. I got from just this year? Yeah. Uh, I brought uh, four this year. Nice. But I thought it was neat that day uh, one, the overall no, winner was different than the day two, which was different from the overall. I thought it was neat how it, um, it wasn't just like one person that ran it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think that's going to be excellent for retaining shooters for the next year. Um, you know, cause if you got, you know, I know the first year you had 20 shooters and you had 19 people that went home broke and sad, but you have a lot more shooters this year that went home and they're like, shit, man, I, I want a thousand dollars this year. Well, they and, got a thousand dollars last year for stage. Okay. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about yeah, that too. Yep. Yeah. Right. I won four stages last year and four stages this year. So last year wasn't, you know, a kick in the pants. It was still a pretty good, a good payday more than you're going to you know more than you'd win it most in the other matches. So Got your money last, back. In the, in the last two years, your shooting hobby has earned you $44,000. Yeah, just in, just a G Cup. Right. Yeah, it, yeah that's, it, you know, it, and that's just the cup. You, I'm sure if you, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure you won some checks along the way as well. Yeah. So you probably won 45000 over the last, oh, over this year and last year. 
Uh, yeah, probably a little more than that, I think. Okay. Trying to think of what checks I won. Because I won almost a thousand at one match. Right. I didn't actually win any of the AG Cup qualifiers, but I got pretty close on a couple of them. So yeah, I mean it probably is. It's 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 in the upper forty, in the mid to forty, mid to upper forty thousand. So. Well, well, the reason we did, Jennifer, you alluded to the fact that we, you know, it was a cut, went back to zero every day. With you know, it was like three different, three individual one day matches as opposed to a three day match. Uh, well. Going into day three, if somebody if somebody had a ten point lead going into day three, or hell, even a five point lead, it kind of makes the last day kind of boring, right? I mean, it's like okay, well, it's his to lose, uh, and I think this format really changed. I mean, everything. I mean, the mindset of the competitors, everything. It was, I, I you know, I. I guess it depends on where you're sitting, how you like that, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It, it's like, you know, one of the highest individual, highest paid individual sports there is is golf, and that's how that is. I mean, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta bring it every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I was kind of, I was kind of one of the, one of the skeptics at first about it, but, um, I sure liked it now. Well, it's all perspective. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I mean, I, I, I was kind of a skeptic, but at the same time, I thought this. I want to see how it plays out because you're right. If a guy comes in and, and just killed it on, on two days, and then it has a five or ten point lead on day three in a match like that, you're just like, well, you know, as long as he doesn't just tank, he's got it. And the way he did it is, twelve guys had a chance. Didn't matter. All 12 guys had a chance going in. Well, I, you know, I didn't do this math, but I damn sure know somebody has, probably Clay. Uh, who actually hit more targets in all three days? Um, so I didn't do the math either, but I, I've heard from a couple of guys that I trust their math. So Tate and Dave Preston tied for the highest hits in all three days, and I was two points behind them for third. Okay, so and that's that's just one of those interesting things that the, this format, you know, and and so here's there's a lot of ways to 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 kind of count that or gauge that, and maybe you know the pressure was higher last day, you know, or yeah, who knows? I mean, there's so many reasons you can say, hey, you know, Austin just shot better the last day, uh, or maybe the pressure got to. The other guys, I doubt it. Knowing both of them, I, you know, they, but I don't know. I mean, it's, but again, their pers- from their perspective, Dave didn't, Dave didn't get a, a cup. You know, you and Tate did, so maybe he was like, man, it should have been, should have been a cumulative score. Well, but, I mean, we we knew it going in, and that's kind of what I talked to him about. I said, man, you you shot really good all weekend. It was it was a as almost as a consistent of a weekend as you can have. You finished third, third, third on three days um but we knew going in what it was going to be so it's not like it was a a surprise or anything right i tell you what i have never been to a match you know normally you go to a prs match and the the top probably 10 shooters somehow they telepathically know what each other's scores are all day and they're you know ahead of each other these guys they were you know you know jen's sitting there doing math live on live on our podcast you know 
well, you know, this, this person got this many points and then, you know, if they get this many on this stage, they're going to pull, you know, two points ahead of this person for the, and they will be one of the three people available for the win. And all the shooters were doing the same thing, you know, um, towards the end of the day, you know, knowing people's season points, you know, they're like, oh, this person had this many season points. And they're sitting there busting out pieces of paper and calculators. And, you know, I think he did a really good job of presenting the scores as fast as possible with the, you know, the live scoreboard that Haywood was updating, you know, after every couple stages or whatever. But these guys were really into it. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I really liked the live scoreboard like that. Hey, that was so uh... – that was an idea that I had, and I, I you know, Haywood is kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he, he'll, he'll admit this, this is not a bust on him, he geeks out on, on technology and stuff like that, like big time, mm-hmm. and I called him, and I was like, man, how about a live scoreboard? I'm on it, I got it, I can figure this out, we can do it, and that really did add a level, I mean, okay, I hope Robert Brantley's watching, probably not, but Brantley is just one of the greatest dudes in the world. And he went up to a, one of the last stages on day two, thinking he had to hit a eight to make it to day three. And he didn't, it was his worst stage of the day. And he, he turned around and looked at me and I was like, good job. And he was just, he was defeated. And he was just, he goes, no, I tanked it. I choked. And he did. He choked because he looked at the score. It's like, I got to go up here and get an eight on a stage that he totally easy, easy to get in there and choked because he was worried about the score, but he did the math wrong. But because he did the math, went up there to the stage, it, he did bad, but he actually did make it. I said, dude, you're, you're in. He goes, no, I, I'm not in. I didn't. I was like, did you make it to the day three? I, you, you cannot be, it was just, and he goes, that's it. And on day three, he said, I did not look at the scoreboard. I shot my stage and I went back and I just talked and got in my own head. And I didn't even look at the score the whole day because I realized that screwed me. But some guys stood there by it the whole time. And I guess, you know, different things motivate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Austin, we, you know, several different people have had several different mindsets going into this game. Um, and we heard of people changing mindsets from day to day or stage to stage. Kind of what was your, what was your mindset going into it? Did you, do you change it at all throughout, you know, were you trying to look at the scoreboard and see what was going on? Were you going for stage wins? Were you going for the match win? Um, I wasn't really going for necessarily for stage wins. Um, honestly, after the first few stages on day one, I was just, you know, I was like, man, I've got to step it up. I've got to, I've got to get back in the game. I've got to get focused and, and pick it up, or I'm not going to be making it to day two or three. Um, so that was kind of my mindset. I really wasn't gunning for stages. I didn't win any stages on day one. Um, I, you know, I didn't have a stellar day one. I didn't feel like I, I felt like I had a pretty um, less than mediocre day. Luckily, I was able to make it to day two. Day two, everything felt pretty comfortable. Um, day two kind of was rolling really well. I won three stages on day two. Um, and actually the, the two stages that I didn't shoot that well were the, uh, long range stage off the top of the connex. And then the other stage that was in that middle connex. Um, and I shot pretty poorly on both of those. I think I shot a four and a six. Uh, yeah, shot a four and a six on those. And other than that, I think I was, uh, three or four points out of winning the day. Um, so if I would have just had one, one of those stages would have went a little bit more my way, 
was right there in the running for the day. Um, but I just, I just kind of settled in and got comfortable and everything was flowing. And then when that happens for me, I just tend to shoot a little bit faster. Um, and for me, whenever I shot the spool stage, I didn't feel like I was moving fast at all. I just felt like I was being smooth and kind of running through it. And I got done and everybody was kind of cheering. And I was like, well, okay, well, I'm, I think I won the stage by like 27 seconds or something like that. Didn't feel like I was moving fast. So you were shooting pretty quick. Yeah. I just yeah. did. I don't know whenever <laughs> I, okay. So there is one stage that I was going for the stage went on. Um, I did push it and I shot it way faster than I ever shoot it. And that's the skill stage. But that was I, fun to watch. I, I knew what I had to do. So I, I cheated on the scoreboard over there, right? And I walked over there and was looking at it. I knew John Pence and Preston uh, were up a couple of points on me going in that last stage. So if either one of those were to clean the spools, I couldn't win the day. But I knew I had enough points to where I only had to hit one or two off of the PRS barricade to make it to day three. Well, I thought, well, if I don't win, I'm not making any money on that day. So I might as well go for a stage win here. So I got to watch uh, Preston shoot. He cleaned it. I think, yeah, it was Preston shoot. He cleaned it. So I was the last to shoot it. And I was like, I might as well go for it. And so, I mean, normally I'm a 50 to 55 second PRS barricade shooter. There was a couple of those shots that I broke and I was like, eh, we called impact. And I was like, eh, okay, keep going, I guess. What, what, and what was your time on that? Uh, 37 or 38 seconds, I think. Something it's, like that. It's somewhere in our lives. It was but, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, I that know guys have ran it faster. It, you know, some guys have run it in, in 34 and 35 seconds in competition. That's not me, though. I mean, that that probably blew my competition time out by over 10 seconds. So I remember you saying that. It was so fun to watch because everybody was like, everybody, you know, the PRS barricade is the comfort zone, right? Everybody knows how to do it. And so everybody was going for speed on that one. I feel like for some reason that one stage, everybody wanted to win. I feel like people have practiced it enough that they kind of know where they, they can gauge where they can shoot and, and clean it. So y'all yeah. were just going for it. And, you know, Morgan thought he won it. And yeah. oh, who else was it? <laughs> I, don't, I feel uh, so Morgan bad for had Morgan. It. He was like, this is in my, like, he's like, Stage win. It's it's here. The stage yeah. win is here in my hat. And he went off. He came back like 18 seconds later and he was beat. And then he got beat again. Well, what's yeah. so funny is he came back and he started talking. He said, I'm going to talk smack. And somebody goes, you can't talk smack, bro. And he goes, why? Yeah, I can. And they were like, no, you can't. And he's like, <laughs> well, I got wins. it. And they were like, no, you just got beat, bro. And he's like, what? Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, so so Steve Eames shot it in, in 40-something seconds. I think Preston had it at 47 or 48 seconds. Steve Eames shot it in like 46 with a tripod, which is pretty impressive. Um, and then Morgan came along and beat that. And then like one or two guys after Morgan, uh, Charles Roberts beat his time. And Charles was second to last guy. And then I was the last guy. So I definitely knew what I had to beat. You had a, a little, good position a little, for that. It was one. a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that you know, we were just sitting there just kind of chilling. You know, we were sitting there chatting with John Scout and you know, cameras kind of going, just having a good time, whatever. And then like the last five shooters, that stage got real intense real quick. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it was it was fun. It was fun knowing that I could go for it. Normally, you know, I just want the points. I'm not I'm not so much worried about that tiebreaker time. I'm I'm looking to get the eight points, but um it was kind of fun just you know, getting to kind of throw everything off and be like, man, I get to go for it. It's just like, it's just like in a practice run. I'm just going to run as fast as I can. If I miss one, I'll slow down. 
you, you know how you said, you know, I, I wasn't going for statesman or anything, but, you know, I guess that this year, knowing, knowing where you set and everything, I mean, last, the, the AG Cup 2019, the highlight reel of the whole match was you shooting the KYL. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw, when you went up to shoot it, it was the last stage of the, of the last day. Yeah. Somebody's like, you think he's going to go try to get the fastest time again? I was like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Not this year. So, so I was asked, I think two people, two different people asked me that and they said, uh, uh, right before I was going, they said, man, are you going to go for it? Are you going to go for it? And I said, no, not this year. And he said, why not? You shot it so fast. And I was like, man, I, just, you know, I wasn't in the position to win the match last year. And I am this year. So I'm, I'm going to try to get points. And, and Clay had done the math and, and on everybody else. And he said, he said, I, I think you can get it at seven. He said, I, you, nobody can catch you if you get an eight. Um, so uh, honestly, I'm really glad that was a prone stage because that was the most nervous I've been in a while shooting in a long while. But I mean, what what do you do when you know you got a couple of point lead going into the last stage for thirty five thousand um, dollars? Luckily, it was a prone stage, and it was a KYL, which I happen to be uh, pretty fond of KYLs and TYLs, so it, it worked out to my advantage. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when I hit the when I hit that little bitty target, you said it's two inches, but I don't think that thing was two inches. That was a little target, like four hundred eight yards. When I hit it the first time through, I mean, in my head, it was just a little mini celebration because I'm going. I just hit that little one. These next four are nothing, right? <laughs> hey, and the funny thing is, though, if I would have hit the little target on the last time through, I'd have won the stage anyway because nobody hit it twice. So, Wow. No. Uh, you know, the last two stages of the match, I wanted to be closer for mm -hmm. the cameras and everything, but I also wanted to be stages that you'd see some movement. And, and it worked. And the KOL is always a stage you're going to see some movement, you know. So, and, yeah. and the bass, the, the, the zoom – the zoom base fast stage turned out to be kind of the same, you know? Yeah. Um, easier than the KOL, but scores are about it's a neat stage. Drops. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's head over and hit some lives real quick. We've had lots of people commenting. Um, tons of people said hi to everybody and awesome hair and whatnot. Um, 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 oh, um, that was to Tom. Hey, oh, hey. We actually had people saying that you should visit Tom's Barber. That I should put a hat on? Hey, it's No Shave November. Hey, no um, that November. It's... I feel you there. <laughs> um, let's see. Eric Lumberg, the RO with Amosis, said it was a great event, even greater people. And uh, Carrie Gordon-King said, Jennifer and Greg, thank you for your awesome coverage of the AG Cup. So if you are curious about what this what this AG Cup thing is we're talking about, scroll down a little bit on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. We have an ungodly amount of live videos. Um, probably the best one would be our last video of the final two stages where um, Jen's sitting there doing the math in her head and, you know, telling people, you know, you're getting the live updates. Hey, you know, if he hits an eight, he, he wins. If he gets a seven, he loses, stuff like that. Um, definitely check those videos out. Um, Swanee said he's coming next year, which is going to be awesome. Um, Greg Moore said, we were talking about the, the number of different stage winners. He said 15 or 16 different stage winners over the three days. That's right. Um, Gina said um, she thought the format was awesome. It was the best reality shooting show on this year. <laughs> but it really was. Like, it was yeah. – I, I felt like I was on the set of, like, a reality show or something with the, the live scoreboard and the way everything was laid out this year, like 
last year it was super intense and it was like, you know, high stakes and high tension. And this year it was, it was super alive. You know, we knew yeah. what was going on the whole time. You can. I, I, I think last year everybody was so nervous to talk because, you know, there's so much talk about no sharing information and everything on day one, everybody just, we're just sitting away from each other, not saying a word. and Social distancing? Yeah. After day one, we were all like, man, that sucked. That was not fun at all. So day two, you know, we were all just we – we all like to talk smack, you know, and kind of gig each other and stuff. And so day two, we were just like, all right, we're, we're talking, you know. Not talking about the shooting portion of it, not talking about wind holds or anything like that, but just giving each other crap and just, you know, cutting it up. And it was, it was a lot better. So this year, we just kind of did the same thing. We were just all cutting it up. Nobody shared any information, but we we're still smack talking. People were really, heads, so. people were really at home, really watching it too. Like I didn't know yeah. how much people would really, you know, watch. But the live stream that we did, the last one of the, you know, that was gonna, it made the difference. We had 120 to 150 viewers nonstop the whole two hour or hour and a half, however long it was that we oh, were live. We, it never dropped. Like there were yeah. people on there watching the whole time. People were wanting to know and people were commenting and asking questions and um, people really at home wanted to know how y'all were doing and who was in the mm -hmm. lead. And yeah. it was kind of neat. Yeah, we were getting texts and messages and everything. You know, how's this person doing? Tell this person good luck, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we had a ton of people watching, which was cool. So we'll definitely make sure we're out there next year doing the same thing. We, this was, this year was a learning experience, learned a lot about audio at the range and whatnot. And we'll yeah. definitely make a better experience for everyone next year. Um, so Eric Lumberg said props to Haywood. He did great with the live scoreboard. And uh, Ryan Hay said that Haywood and Jen made a good team of getting the scores to everybody real quick. Um, 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 um. And I think that's it for live at the moment. So we'll go into our, our next thing. We've kind of touched on this here and there and everywhere. But so this is the highest stakes precision rifle match in the world. Um, there's cameras everywhere. There's, you know, nothing's not going to be seen. There's money on the line. There's time on the line there's cameras. Um, and we're actually going to ask this question to three different people, Austin, Tom, and Eric, if you're still watching, Eric Lumberg, what was the difference in the stress level in between this match and a regular PRS two-day match for both the shooter, the match director, and the RO? Where do you want to start? Let's start with Austin because on my screen, you're on the top. Okay. Uh, man, I mean, there's no comparison. There really isn't. There's, there's not a two-day regular season match that's anywhere close to it. You know, the pressure's definitely there. The cameras are everywhere. And, and I think it even brought a different aspect to it with, you know, last year, Shooting USA was filming everything and, and everything was going to be edited down and stuff. This year it was live. So everything that was going on was live. Sorry. But, you know, yeah. So you could. There were a couple of stages that afterwards I was like, yeah. oh, God, I feel really bad. Like, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. I didn't so know you were going to vomit or I wouldn't have videoed that one. Yeah. <laughs> or a couple of so, times you might have left the live camera unattended and people didn't realize it was still on. Yeah. So, that, you know, I mean, there, there's that. So, you, you know, you got to watch some of the things you say and, and some of the stuff you do. I'll be talking crap about some of them. They'd be watching it. So. Um, 
chance. And it's and, and it's just it's a ton of money. And I mean, you know, just I'm not gonna lie, man, that cup is cool. That is a pretty cool cup. I drink beer out of that, it. Those trophies. What are, was more are pressure? Awesome. The the being live and the the cameras and all the money or the scoreboard? Oh, um, it depends on what time of the day it was or what day it was. So down towards the end of it, the last couple of stages, whenever I knew, I knew I had a chance, I knew I had a good chance. Um, it was definitely the money. Um, kind of trying to get into day three, the first two days was the scoreboard, watching the scoreboard and how it was changing every time. And it was really, you know, until both squads shot both stages, it was really hard to tell exactly where you were. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at like, man, I'm not doing very good, but this score isn't in and their score. So you had to wait for both of them to come in and really see where you lined out. But, you know, uh, I guess, what was it? Four or five times a day, whatever it was when we switched stages, you got to see exactly where you're sitting. So that was definitely, depending on where you're sitting, that was definitely some pressure. I wonder if I don't we know need that, to I don't change. know that live was really ever that much pressure. I didn't, um, you know, it was definitely there, but that was kind of in the back of your head. That that wasn't something I was too worried about. I was, was trying to stay focused on shooting. So. I wonder if we should change the scoreboard to be like golf. Like golf, they have some holes that are par three and some that are par five. So they don't give the overall, what their overall shot score is. They give how much they're off of par, right? So you, you, you could do that. How many? I wonder if we down. did how many you're down. Yeah. If that would um, kind of give a more, I don't know. So we could have Tom shoot the whole match on on Thursday. Have a par. And set Tom score as the par. How far above par they are. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I shot the entire match last year. This year I did. I just shot a few targets. I had some new hangers I wanted to make sure. And then I had some positions. I was like, I don't know. Let me get down here. I didn't shoot the whole match this year. I know every match director should. But uh, I didn't. But last year I shot the whole match. Dude, I was like, God, this kicked my ass. But, oh, well, these guys are way better than me. So, what's wrong with it? <laughs> and it wasn't even windy when he shot it. <laughs> I had no stress. You know, yeah. I'm just shooting it because. And, oh. So, I think that would be a really fun experiment to have – you know, grab grab two that. two shooters, like a, a top twenty five percent and a bottom twenty five percent shooter, and the next weekend after the match, bring them back and have them shoot all the same stages again and compare their scores during the match versus just like, hey, we're you know, losers buying beer for the three of us tonight. Yeah. So Tom, you answer that question now for the match director. Uh, okay, so. I, I, well, just in true Tom fashion, I don't have a lot of experience as a match director, uh, but the biggest stress for me, well, was, was fairness. Uh, and, and, you know, because, because there's money. I mean, I'm, I'm an empathetic guy, man. I want everybody to win. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know what's happened to me. Ten years out of the Army, and now I care about people's feelings. I don't know. I, <laughs> you know, ten years ago, I was a sergeant major. didn't give a shit about whatever. But, now it's just like you know i'm here's my intent you heard it earlier in the ag cup make make an event that's aspirational help both sport give the top guys something but at the same time and these guys have invested a lot to be there 
you know, and now once it starts, it's not about the future of the sport. It's not about growing the PRS or anything like that. It's all about these guys that are here and, and, the, and the investment they've made to be here today and throughout the whole year, the investment they made to be there. And everything's just got to be above board and, and as perfect as you can make it. And I think there's not, because of the, you know, the size of the match, I can do things like there's no, man, I got to shoot the long range stage in the morning and he had to shoot it in the afternoon and the wind picked up. We can alleviate that kind of stuff. You can have similar size targets at similar distance in the same direction, you know, and, and you can alleviate all that stuff. But man, it was just scoring it properly. That, that, that was that it stressed me out more than anything is just making sure we scored this properly. Uh, dude, the day three was the craziest mirage. I don't understand. I, I mean, I have never seen mirage like that. I've only shot on the East Coast. But it was I've so never bad there were four like people on glass and nobody could tell if it hit. And the only way they were telling if it was an impact is they had cameras on yep. the actual target so that it takes the mirage out right because the camera's yep. right there and there's no mirage I'm, I'm and they were right watching now, it <laughs> i'm telling you right now i'll give you a little sneak peek into 2021 that camera saved our we, we would have probably had to throw those a couple stages out mm -hmm. and, and you don't want to do that i mean at, at the at cup are you kidding me but we had those uh target vision cameras and basically it's a camera you sit on the ground in front of the target and we have a repeater and then we have the, the receiver back at, and we, we've got an app on our iPads. You're literally looking at the target from 10 feet away. I mean, so you can see perfectly. Uh, I mean, there's no question that you can see on that, but I don't care how good of an RO you are. I don't care how many times you've seen bullets go down range. You could not tell on some of those. And that no. target cam, saved our butts man it saved our butts so uh so thankful we had those there on the right stages at the right times i mean it was to the point i'll tell you how stressed i was about making sure every shot count i mean and then the stress i finally had to tell the guys to just shut up i mean guys that maybe watched out on day two are watching their buddy shoot on day three and my ro's are stressed too eric said hey making making every shot count with that kind of money on the line was, was you know and you know You'll read his response in a minute, but uh, guys are like, he hit that. He hit, uh, you know, they can't help it. They're emotional for their friends and all. I mean, they're, the, the, the thousand for a thousand, 16 at support, 16 for a thousand. Guys were standing back there saying, no, that was so wrong. That was so wrong. And when that stage was over, I pulled the target. It's sitting, I mean, it's literally sitting on the floor uh, 10 feet away from me. It was a freshly painted target when we started the stage. I looked at how many points we gave for that entire stage all day long and counted hits on that target. And I think we nailed it perfectly because of that target camera. Uh, so, I mean, I, I've like sitting here with that thing. I mean, I've, I've counted them a hundred times and you know, if we're off, it's off by one hit. That that's, it's just that simple. So my ROs did a great job. The target vision camera did a, a really save her butt. But fairness, man, I just like, man, when you've got a guy that's invested this much to show up here and the level these guys are at, if you miss, if you make one bad call, it, it can affect the outcome. We've got to do everything we can to make sure there's no, there's no bad call. So 2021, uh, Haywood is sending me a, a list. We're looking at buying our own 
uh, you know, all the Wi-Fi stuff and the control boxes and repeaters and actually buying security cameras and, and set, making our own target system that's got a lot faster lag time. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and we're going to experiment with wired systems and, and Wi-Fi systems just to make sure, man, because, you know, it, it's that important. It's mm -hmm. that important. Uh, so if we can do that, I think it'll, it'll make a lot of, it'll make a lot of sense. And, uh, we've got plenty of time. Uh, Haywood's putting together a list for stuff for me to buy and he's going to play with it. He's going to test it down at office and, uh, hopefully we'll have it spread and we'll, we'll buy as many systems, we'll, you know, we'll put them together as many systems like that as we need to make this, make this work. And so from a kind of an outsider perspective, you know, I didn't shoot the match. I'm not running the match. I'm not arguing the match, but I was there at the match. And Tom, it's super obvious that you were trying as hard as you possibly can to make sure that every competitor has a, has a fair chance that everybody's treated fairly. Everybody, you know, I, I could say the same thing three times, but that's basically the biggest thing. I've never seen you as stressed either, Tom. You were walking around, you were like, <laughs> Oh, I know. You so, finally relaxed when it was over, but like, dude, you were like pins and needles. You were like strung tight the whole weekend because you wanted it to be, you wanted everybody to have a good time. You wanted everything to be perfect. And every time anything messed up, you were just like, Oh my God. And I'm like, But you handled it great. Yeah. Like, yeah. things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. I bet his lips are raw from dipping two or three cans. Of <laughs> yeah. he, just, he had to start putting an upper decker. Listen, man. Hey, at one point, I think I had I had a dip in like like top and bottom at the same time. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you know what? During the AG Cup, I wasn't drinking as much as I usually do, so that added to it. You know, so it's like, yeah. oh my god. I know it was really weird. Sober Tom Fuller walking me back to my cabin at night. <laughs> 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 Well, well, look, man. I, 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 he drank so enough for you. It's okay. Yeah, it I, I took care of you, man. It was a 50-person match, and at, at the AG Cup, there's a, it's an open bar for the entire thing. Uh, I drank half. Uh, well, well, I think we went through 10 fifths of Jack Daniels. Was, was I mean, that's a lot of things. Jack Daniels. There's a lot of it. I didn't have any of that. Yeah, well, there was a lot of a drink, man. I don't know, but. So that is that is one thing to note. The people that were still out there at three with me were not there on day three. <laughs> no names will be mentioned, but you're right. Oh. Um, all right, let's go to uh, while we're on threes. Um, our third person asked about the stress. Um, Eric, the you know super super master RO, like he's always like the most calm you know he he sees everything but there's one particular moment um on the shootout where tom looked at him after every everybody's there saying something something different this person saying this this person saying that and tom looks at him and goes i need a call and the look on eric's face because this was you know jen talk about the shoot off a little bit so it's like how crazy that was was it the fourth target that it happened on? I think it was the about the fourth. It, it was. was it was hard to see anyway. Thick mirage, very difficult. We're down. This is a shoot off for who is going to be in third place, right? So there's money on the line, and thousands it's, of dollars. Thousands of dollars on the line. It's a KYL, and 
you've got them there. One of them shoots one target and then the other one shoots it. And if they both hit, then they move to target two and they reverse and this shooter shoots it first and then this one. And, and they can't be on glass watching each other while they're shooting. So the ROs are on glass. So they both hit the first target. They both hit the second target. They both hit the third. They get to the fourth and the first one is an impact. And the second one, it wiggled. Was it a hit? Was it not a hit? Was it an impact or not? And <laughs> poor Eric Lumberg is back there on the glass and everybody, there's probably what, 40 people standing around watching, literally. Probably. Yeah, pretty much Cameras everywhere. We're alive. Scouting's over there, video and everything, like right up on the shooters. And everybody turns around and looks at Eric and he's like, uh <laughs> and he called an impact and and from what i heard um later the guys went back and watched it on camera because the person that won wanted to make sure that it was not an unfair you know call because there's money on the i mean I, to me props to him for you know caring that much that he really it meant a lot to it was tate street or it meant a lot to him that he you know didn't get it if he didn't get it if he really didn't get it so he they went back and watched um I think John Scouton had yeah, some camera that was target, like this right? big. Yeah. And so they went back. And so Eric's call was right. It was an impact. So, um, well, Tate and, ended and up winning. I, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I shoot with Tate and I shoot with Clay all the time. And I know what they see and how much they watch it. And, and Tate said, Clay was directly behind him and could see the trace. He said, impact and, and, you know, and Tate said, yeah, I got it. So I knew I wasn't even on glass. I didn't have a dog in the fight, you know, so I was just watching. But uh, when both of those guys said it, I knew that it was, it probably was one. And I'm glad, I'm really glad they pulled up the footage on a, on a computer screen on a high desk screen and could see it and verify it. So there was so no we, we could zoom it in and we put it in yeah. slow motion and you, yeah, it was, it was a hit, but, yeah, that's good. but it was, it was one of those that it, it, it was just, yeah, it, just, it, just barely. Yep. It just, it just. By the skin of his teeth. And, I, and I've got that target. I've got that target sitting out here in the, my shed out here in the, in the warehouse. <laughs> Might send that to Tate. But I feel good. <laughs> you know, you, you know how I said, uh, you know, I, that was my biggest, my biggest worry. And, uh, and day three was the only time that I think it was actually hard to make calls, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, man, you know, I we, feel like we did it right. So, a, a bunch of us guys, we've had long conversations about how do we make matches as fair as we possibly can. And like on day one with fifty shooters, it's really hard because you can't just split up into two squads and shoot two stages and flip flop. But the way you did it and had, you know, the five stages of fairly similar ranges, and then did the flip flop. I think with that many shooters, that's as fair as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it got easier as the squad as the squads went down and the numbers went down because then it's just you're just having to do it on two stages. I thought but, it was great though that y'all had yeah. all that technology and so it didn't you know all the pressure was on Eric for that moment like was it a hit or was it not? Tell me if it was an impact. I need a call, and he was like impact, <laughs> you know. But you could tell he didn't want to be wrong because so much money's on the line and. I, I mean, props to y'all for having all the technology out there 
to where you could, if it was a second guess, you could go back and watch and see mm. it, you know. So it was hard conditions on Sunday with the Mirage. I've, I don't think I've ever seen Mirage like that. I never have. Well, you know, you, I mean, you guys have all, we've all been to matches. I mean, I, I could run the match and be like, hey, it's a match. It is what it is. You get luck of the draw, go, let's run the match. But I, you know, but I have sweated all those little details, man. I mean, last year we tried to record everything with phone scopes and things like that. That was that didn't work. Every time we needed it, it was something wasn't right. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. But we're going to make. But I mean, when this kind of money's on the line and this money's going to keep growing as well. I mean, you know, we we gave away fifty thousand. Now we give away ninety thousand. It's going to keep growing. We've got to have a solution for our sport. I mean, every mm -hmm. sport. I mean, look look NFL after years went to an instant replay. It would have that ability, maybe not with 50 shooters doing five full squads at a time, but but we do in some way. So the the target vision cameras are very, very helpful. The lag time's slow, uh, so you can actually miss the impact, but if the target's painted, you'll see the wobble, you'll see something that you can might miss that actual impact because of the frame rate, right? But you yeah. will see that when it when a when a bullet hits the target and dings the paint, you can actually touch it. And it, and it, for your finger touch, it makes a, it colors that impact mark. So now yeah. you can see the new impact mark. It, it's it's pretty cool technology and it works well, but we can do it with faster lag times. And we're also our challenge is the first system we're setting up is it that it's recordable. It's like a DVR. You're watching it, but if you have a question, you can go okay. back and watch it again. So I think if if a series like this, if if a if something in the AG, if the AG Cup is to get to where it's even more money, uh, we've got to have that. We've got to have that ability. The problem is it slows everything down, and now you're shooting, you know, you know, you're shooting, you're, you're slowing shooting down, and you got to get it in before dark. I mean, our sport's unique in a lot of ways. We can't turn lights on and keep going. I mean, we have to. You know, you, you can't slow it down a lot. Conditions change even up minute to minute. So you want things to flow and get out and get it done. But I think if we have these, if we have these systems, I mean, hell, a couple of years ago, we didn't have target hit indicators. You know, now we do. That's a huge advance, you know. So I think cameras and the ability to do the replay is going to be huge. Uh, and and the, the cameras up close that you can see real time and, and do a replay. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I'm not going to be happy until we have a system where we're 100% confident every call is correct That at this kind of money. I mean, you know, and if anybody feels, you know, just to leave that event and say, man, I, I'm 100% sure in my mind I got a hit and I got screwed out of 30 grand, 50 grand, whatever it is, uh, we, we just can't go forward with, a, with that, even that, you know, the possibility that happens. I mean, you know, so alleviate it as much as we can. Well, I mean, if you can't put cameras on every target for every shooter when there's 50 of them and they're getting eliminated down, like you could argue if you don't make the cut of the top 20, then just don't suck as bad, you know, just suck less. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the really the defining moment is getting down to where the money's on the line, and that's the last day. Really, mm. is the the main one, you know. So, you know. Yeah. But but still, a guy that, I mean, look. Okay, so 
this year, Brian Allen won day one. I mean, he burned it down, right? Uh, has, true, that's true. Had, had some equipment issues on day two and had a zero, a one, fixed his issues, came back and shot hard. And I think going into day three, people were talking, they're like, who's, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Well, if you took day two out of it, that before and after Brian's, you know, you know, before and after his equipment issues, he shot as good as anybody. I, I kind of thought, man, old man may bring it and, 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 and do it on day three, you know. But, but, but my point is, the guy that doesn't, if the guy that doesn't make it to day one, from day one to day two, because of a bad call, you can say don't suck as less, but he could still win day three. He still could have, right? I mean, yeah. true that. So, so I think to me, it's just as important at day one as it is day three. But there's a challenge. I mean, uh, you know, running the AG Cup, you, you course of fire's got to be. The course of fire's got to be harder than a normal match. Uh, it's got to be fairer than a normal match. Uh, it's, you know, how do you make a separation among guys he's good, you know, more rounds maybe. And really, at the end of it, it really wasn't that many more rounds. It was just three days. But it, it, uh, yeah. the wind did it. The wind did no, it for I, us. I, hey, and, uh, you know, even even in light wind conditions, the, the course of fire that you had and the targets that you had just – for the simple fact of a lot of the targets and some of the smaller targets were, were not on the burn where you couldn't see where your misses were to make a correction on the next one. I mean, it was even in very light wind, that's a difficult uh, course of fire. I mean, I, and I liked it. I mean, that's, you know, we kind of talked about this too, is, is so many matches now are won with over 90% hit percentages. And I mean, yeah, that's nice for everybody to go and feel good because everybody's hitting some targets, but, at the end of the day, I don't think you always figure out who the best shooter is. You figure out who got just a little bit luckier on one stage and got one more point or something like that. Whereas if you, whenever you have a, a hard match and you have to grind it out the whole time, I do think that at the end of the match, the best shooter wins. Yeah, Tom was worried about having like a lot of ties, but it, it ended up spreading out a little bit nicely at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter how difficult you set it up. Whenever you get 20 or 50 or whatever the best guys there, it's going to be tight. I mean, you're going to have four or five guys that are just burning it down. They're all going to be right there. Greg, what'd you got? I lost it. Oh, um, Sean said we need a shot tracker like in golf. And so I actually know this dude. I just tagged him. <laughs> <laughs> we could get Francis out there to do the shot tracker. That would be kind of cool. That, that would be really freaking cool. I actually met a guy sitting in an airplane one time. I got an upgrade or something. I was sitting up in first class, and the guy beside was like, so what do you do? He's like, you ever watch golf, and you see how the thing flies to the air? Uh, he was a big wig in that company that came up with that, and, and I'm like, dude, we need that. I, I challenged John Scouting with it. He usually is watching these things, and I'm like, dude, we've got to at least have it in the editing process because – what we want to do, I mean, the guys that are watching the AG Cup and following it that are in our community, they know what's going on with that bullet. But half the people that watch Scout and Show, yeah. they have no idea of how far that wind's really pushing that bullet, 
the drop, the, the max order that bullet, they, they really don't know and imagine that, that you see that shot, it goes up and over and down and that's really what the bullet's doing. I think it would be even in editing to be able to do that and show an audience that would actually portray the difficulty of what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think that'd be super awesome. Like even after shooting, for a while, I didn't realize how much, how crazy it was, you know, where my bullet was actually going, which is really scary. I'm shooting a gun and I don't know where my bullet's going. Um, but taking, you know, uh, Emil Praslik's wind class, you know, he's talking about like, you know, yeah, you know, if you're shooting a thousand yards, your bullet's going up this high before it comes back down on the target with this much dialed in. I'm like, whoa. So like that would be something super cool to see, you know, even if it's not for every shot, but you know, like, you know, maybe on the long range stage, you know, all right, we're on, you know, the stage a thousand for a thousand. And that would have been a good one. Cause I think, uh, on one of those, I was holding like 2.2 mils or something like that. So there's, there's quite a bit of wind going. Yeah, there definitely was during those stages, but that, you know, that'd be really cool. You know, maybe once or twice during the show, you know, show one that's like kind of far and then show one that's super far. I think that'd be really cool for people that I just, don't I, know what's going on. So. I, you'd have to have a camera with a fast enough frame rate to be able to track the bullet though, because it's going so much faster than like I say, a golf ball or football. So maybe if not even like seeing where the actual bullet goes, but more of like, you know, you can do the math and then approximate. Good. Yeah. And just draw, have a line drawn there to approximate. Line. Yeah. Where, you know, you know, here goes your bullet. Here's this, here's this vertical flight path. And then throw in the little curve to the side for the wind. I think that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Dude, I, we gotta make we gotta get John to do that, and uh, and I know Tate's watching, but this is this is the that's the thousand for thousand target right there. <laughs> and uh, that looks a lot gotta, bigger, and it's a lot less blurry than I saw it at the match. Yeah, I was about to say, can you can you move it like this for me? Because that's yeah. what it looked. That's, that's what it looked like it. through glass. <laughs> hey, wait, that was a that was a circle. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know what it was. It was a shape of some sort. It was so, a white blob. I say, yeah. It kind of looked like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the way I saw it. So, one of the coolest things about AG Cup is you know, you have the, the top 50 shooters in the country out there. And, you know, these guys have like really nice gear. They weren't allowed to watch each other shoot, so they'd all walk up to a stage, and you'd have an entire squad put, like, really nice glass up there and put it on the targets for you, and they'd all walk away, and then us media people get got to stay and hang out. So I'm like, hmm, let's see, which one of these expensive glasses do I want to look through? I looked through every freaking piece of glass on that stage and could not see that target. Yeah. It was It was bad. Yeah. Eric said that it was the toughest single target stage he's ever had to spot. Yep. It was a tough one for sure. I'm sure. Well, it finally got to where nobody, no one could call it. I mean, everybody was like, I can't see it. Yep. It's yep. crazy. Well, my, my, my strategy going in was to hit it on the edge so it wiggled enough where you could see it. Yeah, there you go. But you, it was think, already... you think I'm joking, but I'm serious. That, that, was, that was kind of the plan is to try to make as much target movement as I could. But it was cool. already wiggling so much. Yeah. <laughs> That target vision camera, man, I'm telling you. I know. Did you even look at it, Austin? Uh, I think I looked at the one. Yeah, I think I saw that. I mean, the, the only it, thing that I thought about it was it was just delayed enough to where you could have been sending your second shot. Well, on the one I looked at, it had a little bit of delay on it. They, 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 they the, lag time, the lag time and the frame rate was, 
it, it, it was less than ideal, but I don't think you could have missed a shot because you're going to see something. I mean, I well, like I said, I think we gave out uh, – gosh, I did the math. I think that stage there were 73 points given away, and, and I've counted this target over and over and over, and just depending on how you judge – it's perfect or we gave one point away to somebody just yeah. depending on how you judge it. But I, I, I think we got, I think there's 73 hits on this play. So it, it wasn't, you know, anyway, it's for the, given the conditions, I think, I think that target vision cam is great. And, and we will have, I, I mean, you know, Haywood, the dang, you know, he's, he's going to come up with something and we're going to test it and we're going to have something better. It's got a lot slower, frame, a lot faster frame rate. That'll help us a lot. I've already sent him a message. I think I have something too that might help a little bit. We'll see. Okay. You got any more lives? Um. So you guys aren't going to believe this, but the entire Pewinky family said hi, including new, new, new baby Pewinky. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> um. Um, um, oh. Eric said he was super happy to have that camera set up. Well, so interesting on that too, Greg, was uh, I, I had this camera that was that Eddie had there at Arena, and he had three of them, and we're like, well, okay, well, let's put them out. Let's see if they work. And none of us had any experience with them. And one of the guys that was there, he's come down and said, man, whatever you need me to help with, I'll help. And he kind of just hang around and, and – at, but he's an instructor at sniper school and where he saw us trying to figure that camera out and he goes man i have i have hundreds of thousands of hours looking at these cameras i know how to run these things great and i was like get, get, here you go you got a job yeah. you're <laughs> hired he was he was, he was extremely calm and he goes man i know exactly what i'm doing man he, his name's quentin sure and he actually uh he was one of the guys too i started the pig on saturday night and i'm like hey man i gotta get some sleep man somebody's just stay up and keep us this fire going around 250 degrees all night and he's like i got it so he, he gets a mvp award for that alone yeah thank you for that it was a delicious pig it was very good, good. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was so happy when that was done cooking i was starved that was a long day that was yeah su sunday yeah sunday was a long day especially the drive home yeah, we drove all night. We got back. Uh, we got back in time for a late breakfast the next morning. So, but yeah. dude, but dude, you know that you staying was totally worth it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it, hey, I I took the first leg of driving, and I was just driving and driving and driving, and and I don't even remember where I made it. But finally, I looked at the clock, and it was I don't know, four or five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, hey, uh, Clay, you want to drive a little bit here? So, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's just kind of kind of still on the adrenaline high from from all that happening. So, you know, one the one of the bad things about the match is like after day one, guys left. After day two, guys left. After day three, we're we're handing out the cup. There's like thirty people left. You know, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, ah, I mean, you know, that was actually one of the reasons that when we first put this concept together for 2020, we we're going to do an expo, and we wanted oh, the yeah. vendors to have booths set up, kind of like. Steel does with the, the uh, Precision Rifle Expo. Yeah. So there would be, you know, in our minds, hundreds of just 
shooting fans there that don't know you but that are happy for you and and, and add to the experience because we know it's a small match and guys are leaving you know but we'll we'll continue to work it yeah, you, you I think the requirement that you have to stay all three days if you enter AG. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a clap for the winner. Yeah, be like the Bachelor. Like if you get kicked off, you're not allowed to be seen in public. Yeah, got to got to be brought. You bring him back up for the final episode. Have <laughs> yeah. the tell, we can have the tell all. Yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's probably like, be, I don't know. It'd, it'd probably be pretty boring if that one. Huh? We didn't get too wild for that. Well, oh, what was your uh, favorite I said stage? We, not, not, oh. Um, just favorite stage because I thought it was a fun stage or my favorite stage because it was a turning point? Um, well, we're going to ask about turning point in a minute. So what was just your favorite fun okay. stage? My favorite fun stage? Um, I actually didn't shoot it that well, but I, I kind of enjoyed – on day two, the kind of critter type troop line on the very left side, we had to run it out and back. Um, I really liked that stage. I really liked the spool stage doing the strong and weak side and just the kind of the movement there. Um, even though I won it this year, I hate that, that tier stage. The different tiers out there on the edge of the berm. I hated it both years, but it's a good stage. It's tough, it's difficult, it's a very difficult stage. Even though I won it, I hated it. I'd have to say that that, that line away. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So that was your favorite stage. So what was – that was one of the questions is, was there a turning point or a, uh, a spot in the match where you were like, I'm in this. I might go home with the belt and the trophy and the money. Like, Yeah, so day three, I started off the first two stages not great. Uh, our first stage was the tank traps. I dropped two points on that, and everybody else was cleaning it. You know, like Tom said, the wind wasn't blowing his first thing in the morning. Everybody cleaned it. And I dropped two points there, so I knew I was going to have to climb back out of that two points. And then we go to the next stage, which is the rooftop uh, and the little barricade there. And just – it was just a lapse in, uh, in focus is all it was. And it was supposed to be two shots on the first target, two shots on the second target, two shots on the third target. And I get up there and I shoot the first target and just I watched it hit land and I center punch that one and I go right to the next target on a holdover and shoot. And he doesn't say anything. Or I think he says wrong target. And I thought for a second, I was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to shoot the first target twice. So I dropped a point on the middle mistake there, which is something that I really strive to not do. It's, you know, when you stop making the middle mistakes is when you start placing better and you start winning matches and, and most of the time, a middle mistake costs you not winning the match. And I just knew at that point, that's not good. I'm really going to have to dig it out. And then we got to the wall. Um, the wall was the cross tie stage. Very, very difficult stage. There's pretty long targets, pretty small targets, and the wind was picking up by then. And I cleaned that stage. And I watched all – or I didn't watch, but I just kind of watched the points on all the rest of our squad, and nobody else cleaned it. So at that point, I knew I was back in the match. I just made up those three points that I dropped. I could be back in the match. And then after that, I just kind of stayed consistent and kept shooting well, and I stayed really hyper-focused the rest of the time. Um, once we got to the boat, uh, the zoom stage, I shot it. I dropped a couple of points on it, but it was, it was a little bit of a difficult stage. Those fish weren't very wide, 
and that boat had had some movement to it so it was not an easy stage i dropped two points there which i felt pretty good two out of 12 on that particular stage i knew robert brantley was really close to me i think he dropped two or three so i knew i still had a couple of point leads so at that point i knew that i had a really good chance to win it that's interesting i know going into day one everybody was starting from a clean slate so yeah. figured there had to have been a point when you were like oh this is it well i mean that, uh, obviously that was my goal going in is to make day three um I, yeah i would have liked to have won one of the other two days it's five grand that'd have been awesome and like i said day two i, I definitely could have had a chance that i wasn't very far off of it um it just didn't happen but making day three was my goal because then it's anybody's ball game. We're starting over clean. It's anybody's ball game to win day three. And so I just wanted to make day three. Wanted to make day three. Traditionally, I, I always say I'm a, yep. I'm a second day shooter. I shoot a little better on second day, but I had no idea what I'd do on third day. So apparently most matches need to be three days. That added a new dynamic, definitely. Yeah. And like I, I did. I mean, you kind of you kind of sore and tired from from two pretty long days of shooting and quite a few rounds and, and being out there all day. So, it is a little bit harder to stay focused on that third day. Yeah, because I know for me, you know, shooting a two day match, you know, generally Friday, get up there early, you know, get my zero, reconfirm my dope, play with a couple of props, and then basically have an afternoon of relaxing and you know a really good dinner. And then two days of match, but I couldn't imagine, you know, three days of nonstop match and then driving home overnight. Well, and, and we didn't, we didn't do this very well. I worked Wednesday. Um, I met Clay in Oklahoma city Wednesday night. We didn't leave his house till I think nine o'clock Wednesday night. Oh God. So we drove through the night all the way down there to get to check in so we could shoot in zero. So we drove all night, got there, checked in a zero and didn't sleep until Wednesday night or sorry, Thursday night. So coming in on Friday, you know, that made it even a little bit more difficult on Friday because we were pretty tired. Um, it wasn't great planning on our part, but uh, Clay had some orders. He really had to get filled. And since he was doing that, I figured I might as well work uh, the work day and I have to take extra vacation too. So it, it was, it was, it was tiring and, and we really didn't want to drive back, but at the same point he still had to fill some orders and, Mm -hmm. and I needed to get back to work so we drove through the night to get back yep I know that feeling there's nothing like getting home at you know I've gotten home from matches at 4 a.m and had to work the next day yeah it's funny all my coworkers are actually starting to realize you know if I'm not there Friday and I say I'm going shooting to not talk to me first thing Monday morning because I'm gonna be half asleep <laughs> I remember what they say it's rough yeah so hey we're gonna change directions a little bit for a quick little um a quick little plug for a different match um, I'm not sure how many of our viewers know Robert Gratis um, of Grateful Rifles, Greatest Rifles. Um, he unfortunately passed away not long ago. They're hosting a uh, kind of a memorial charity type match for him here at GTI um, right outside of Augusta, Georgia. It's an abandoned nuclear facility that's probably the coolest place I've ever shot. Um, on the weekend of January 24th, they're having a a really cool match there. Check the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. Um, all proceeds are going either to the Greatest Family or to um, some mental, some different mental health charities. So if you, if anybody's interested in that match, either hit me up, um, follow, you know, watch on the Shooter's Mindset page. We're posting anything about the match on there. 
It's a really cool place. It actually never had nuclear anything there. It was built as a nuclear facility back in the Jimmy Carter uh, administration and then it was never used. It was never. So now it's a government training institute and they do all kinds of training there and shoot some matches. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's There's a big, big tower that's like 10 stories tall, I think, and they do elevated shooting from the tower and uh, it's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. You will definitely see us out there at that one. That's in January 3rd week of January, I think, like 23rd, 24th, something yeah, like that. 23rd, 24th, I think it is. So you should come out, Austin. Yeah, I'm going to have to make that one. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to shoot out it, do some of the building shooting and stuff like that and you know, it's just seems like it's pretty rare that it happens, and when it does happen, it never works out for me to go. Yeah, the uh, that's, a, that's definitely in a slow time of year, so that might be one to hit. I was about to say it's too cold to do anything in Oklahoma at that time, so yeah, come to I, Georgia. I saw you, I saw you snuggling up with your blanket there, and I've got a hot fire going over here, and I'm sweating. So Austin, it could be 75 degrees, and she'd be <laughs> she's got a blanket. blanket. Got a blanket goes on. everywhere with me. Don't make fun of it. <laughs> I can attest. It goes to every match with me. <laughs> and I may or may not have been wrapped up in it on day one of the AG Cup. It was pretty chilly. It was it cold. Was, it, it was definitely Freaking cool for wind. Tom yeah, forgot to order the warmer weather. Uh, it, it, it was obviously really, really cold in Oklahoma. I don't know if you guys know this, but we had a big ice storm come through, and it was – I mean, you, normally we get cold weather, but not that early. It was, uh, you know, down in the teens for a couple of days. Mm. It made training pretty hard on us. I know some of the guys in the north are like, oh, you know, we deal with that all the time. But, you know, it went from 80 degrees to 20 degrees and, and just with it over overnight, basically. We got ice storms and a bunch of people were out of power. Um, so I was ready to go to Georgia and warm up, and that didn't happen. That 40-degree Georgia weather felt like 20-degree Oklahoma weather. Yeah, it was not good. So speaking of Oklahoma and, and bad weather not being able to – shoot all you know the really brutal winter moments so i think everybody wants to know you won the ag cup you are the cream of the crop in the best <laughs> shooters right so yeah. what is your practice regimen like how do you do you dry fire do you live fire how much what tips can you give the mere mortals like me that need to do more of all of the above so you know early on in my shooting career i guess you could say i i did a lot of live fire. I never have done a lot of dry fire. I think dry fire um, has its place and, and you should do some of it, but I think too much dry fire can also be hurt you more than benefit you. Um, you need to feel the recoil impulse. You need to be able to spot your shots under that recoil impulse. So, um, and you don't get that dry fire. I think dry fire is good for some trigger control and some building positions and building steady positions. But other than that, I, I definitely think it's more beneficial live fire. I shot a lot of rounds early on um, practicing. I, I honestly don't shoot very much now in practice. Um, for me, it's more of mental preparation, um, just kind of going over steps and going over the stages. I, when I do practice, I try to practice with a purpose. If there's something that I've been suffering on, something that I've been sucking at, I'll take 30 or 40 rounds, whatever it is. And this is bad because I, have a, I can walk 10 steps out of my reloading room and shoot at 100 yards, and I can walk about – 30 steps and shoot out to 895 so I, I should shoot more than I probably do for real like yeah. I have to get in the truck and either go th 
enter through the visitor check-in center of a military base or drive an hour, one of the two, and one can be faster than the other. So once, I, I think once you're kind of to the point to where a lot of the guys are, a lot of the good guys are, it, it's not so much of the trigger time because that's just, that that's second nature to us now. It's more of the mental preparation. But if I'm going to, if I'm not doing well and I'm going to go do practice on something, I'm going to take 30 or 40 rounds and I'm going to go practice that one thing. If I didn't shoot barricades that well, uh, this match, I may load 30 or 40 rounds up and I'm only going to shoot off that barricade. I'm going to shoot it like I would in a match. I may change it up and shoot it, make it harder and shoot multiple targets, or I may hang a smaller target and shoot it, but I'm only going to practice that for those 40 rounds. And then same goes for prone. If I feel like my prone shooting suffering just a little bit, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to shoot some troop lines. I'm going to try to, you know, honestly, a lot of times when I go, I'll pull the Kester out to get my, my elevation data, but I won't put a wind in it and I will try to kind of just go on wind off of the field. Um, I think that helps and helps you make a better wind caller. Um, so if I think, you know, if I know I'm going to a field type match with a lot of wind, I'll do something like that. But it's rare for me to go out and practice. Um, I'll, if I had, you know, one of the questions that I think they asked for, from the PRS and a lot of people answered it the same way, if you had 40 rounds of practice, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to make sure my gun has a really good zero. And I'm going to make sure that my data is running really well. And if it takes all 40 rounds to make sure that I have everything lined up, then that's how I'm burning my 40 rounds. So I think it's very important to have all your data correct and, and your rifle shooting really well. So. Yeah. So the way I explain that to <clears throat> new shooters and everything is kind of like it's you're, built, you're building a house. Yeah. And your zero and your, your dope is the foundation of the house. And building your position is going to be building your walls, painting your trim, you know, your trigger pull, all that stuff has to go into the wall and the trim and stuff like that. If your rifle's not zeroed and you don't have good dope, it doesn't matter how good that trigger pull is, that wall ain't going to be straight. Yeah, that's right. Then you're, then you're chasing it. And then it comes to a point of how good are, are you at spotting your misses and how good are you at correcting it. And, and are you knowledgeable enough to realize that, I was two tenths high on this one. I was two tenths high on that one. And I was two tenths high on that one. Maybe my zero is off two tenths and I should start mm -hmm. you know, taking two tenths out of everything. Or is it a, I was a little high here and then I got a little higher and then a little higher. Okay. And I know my dad is not lining up right. So my velocity or my BC one is, is isn't correct. Um, and, and, you know, some things, some, some of the more advanced things that, that some of us have learned is, is a lot about lighting angles and the different lighting angles and, and having different point impact it's a hard thing to track and it's a hard thing to repeat, but it does happen. But it's also <laughs> something that you have to realize that it happens and you have to correct without dropping many shots doing it. Going back to February shooting in the snow in North Carolina. I, I did not know about that. Yeah. No. <clears throat> so for those of us that maybe need more practice and need more help, we were talking last week with Clay yeah. about JTAC classes. And I know you're a big part of that. Yep. So tell us a little bit about JTAC. I know we talked about it last week, but kind of hear your take from it. Okay. So obviously JTAC, uh, you know, stands for uh, Justin Tate, Austin and Clay. That's the four of us that do it. Uh, we started earlier this year. Um, just kind of really, it was a little bit just last minute. We put a few classes together, didn't have them scheduled out very far. And we got a few guys there and got some really good feedback so we started scheduling classes a little further out 
um, and still getting really good feedback. We've been getting really good results. And actually, guys are already that have already taken our class want to take it again. Um, they've mentioned that they're getting that it's so much information that they're getting that they didn't know that it's hard to retain all of it in one class. So they're wanting to come back to get another piece of it. Um, so so I, I thought that was really cool. And and, and honestly, you know, as, as much as all of us, you know, all the JTAC guys win a lot and we go a lot. And as much fun as it is to win, trust me, I'm just as competitive as anybody will meet and, and I love to win, but watching somebody that you help, that you train, you watching that light bulb come on and then watching them actually go to a match and do well and the excitement that they have because maybe they weren't able to do that before is it's really cool. It's really, it's a really rewarding thing. It's really nice to be able to see the results of your hard work. So, Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm obviously at a much, 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 much lower level than you. Um, but, you know, helping some of my shooters out in my little NRL 22 matches and, you know, giving them that little, that little nugget of information, like, you know, people don't know, like, yo, dude, like, I know you have a, you know, you got a game changer under there, but, you know, if you squeeze it, the gun goes up and down or, you know, just yeah. like super Small basic things. stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, last match, they got maybe 20%. The next match they get, you know, 50 or 60%. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing feeling to know like it's, it's, oh, I helped that dude yeah it's really funny how some of the things <sighs> that we think that we take for granted that we think is basic stuff that we'll you know we may just touch on or we'll see something and be like hey why are you doing that and that we don't even realize at the time that maybe they didn't know that and it'll be something that we think is very simple that can be a complete game changer for somebody mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. and then and then obviously <laughs> a lot of the, the deeper knowledge that we go over in the wind reading and things like that I mean, every class, it's just, we're get, it's a ton of great feedback. And then just the guys are like, man, this is, we got guys signing up for one, you know, we get guys hitting us up all the time when we're going to schedule one classes out. Um, right now, if you guys know any beginners really want to start kind of, kind of very beginning, we're going to do a class in January, more of a beginner type class. We've had a lot of requests for that. Uh, um, and then in February, we're going to do another advanced class. Probably kind of the goal is, is, uh, probably a class a month, depending on what kind of interest and what kind of uh, feedback we get from the beginners class. We may alternate beginners advanced, or if we don't have as many beginners coming, it would be too advanced and then beginners. So, uh, be looking for that. Uh, you can follow us on JTAC uh, Precision Rifle Training on Facebook. We'll post all of our uh, dates and stuff there once we get everything finalized. We're kind of we're kind of waiting, trying to make sure we have all the schedules on all the uh, big matches around. Obviously, there's so many we can't work around all of them. We got to mm -hmm. do our best to work around what we can. I still feel like I'd be taking a beginner's class. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, we've had guys. We've we've really had people from all skill levels show up to our class so far. From from hey, I've shot one match or two matches. I just you know I really want to learn something. And 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 I actually had a good friend that I used to work with. He he took the class uh, this last last class with us. And I asked him. I said, Hey, how do you what do you think about it? He said, Man. He said, honestly, I'm really not advanced enough for some of the stuff you were doing. But he said, there was just so many small nuggets that you guys said that you probably didn't even realize you said that I picked up on it. That's going to advance me big time. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. You know, it's like I took um, – I went to the Precision Rifle Expo both years, and I took Emil Praslick's win class the, the first year. And three quarters of that class was just like a pipeline right over my head. <clears throat> yeah. 
but you know, that, that, that little bit that I got, it, it helped me immensely. So I went back the next year and I was like, I'm going to take this class again. And then about half of the class <laughs> right over my head, but I got another 25%. So I figured two more yeah. years and I might have three quarters of it. Not be getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we start off, uh, we'll do the first half of the first day kind of as a classroom setting, but it's, it's more of a laid back. We really want a lot of questions and feedback from the guys. You know, first question when we get there is, hey, what's your name and what do you want to learn? What do you want to get from this class? Um, and they'll name everything off and we'll write it down, which most of the stuff we're already going to cover, we're going to plan to cover. But if there's anything somebody brings up that they're struggling with that they don't know, you know, whether it be advanced or something simple, we want to be able to touch on it. And that's, that's one thing we class? really try to do. Uh, we, we usually do classes of 20. Mm-hmm. Do 20 gotcha. in a class. And then, uh, you know, like this last time, both days, we stayed till dark. And we told them right up front, if you guys have anything you want to practice or didn't get, if you want to stay later, we're here. To, we're, we'll be here till dark. We're here for you guys. So. If I fly uh, out to Oklahoma, y'all better get some of them lights out there. We're going to shoot till midnight. Hey, that's fine. We'll put up some yard lights. We'll do it like a night match. We've done that. We'll Not get my class, money's but... worth if I fly out to <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, I bet, I'll bet you get your money's worth. We'll make sure. We'll make sure you get your money's worth. There, no, I, we haven't had anybody complain yet that they hadn't got their money's worth. So. Hey, since, since all the JTech guys have shot the AG Cup at least once, most twice, I think you should give the AG Cup Master Director a free slot to one of your classes. I bet we can work something out. <laughs> That's it. If, if we're doing that, we need AG Cup Media as well. <laughs> Hold on, I'll have to confer with the other guys. Take taste the hard the the hard nose one. You have to condense. Hey, you them. gotta have one in the crowd, man. You, you gotta have yeah. one hard nose. No, he's not. He's really. He's actually really laid back. Um, you know, all of us are, maybe too much so on some of this stuff, but it's a lot of fun. We all we get along and. and and we give each other a lot of crap the whole time in the deal. So it's a little bit entertaining too. We, uh, you know, I might be giving Justin a hard time or he might give him Clay a hard time. Justin and Clay complain that we get me and Tate give them more of a hard time than they give us, but we just said quit being so easy targets. So. That's funny. So, hey, I got a question. How many notches are on that big fancy belt back there? I'm just wondering, do you think it'll get small enough to fit on Allison's A next year? It'll get small enough. Oh, it'll get small enough. She she better bring it if she's going to. I hey, I know she's a little girl and all, but she's perfectly capable. So I'm not going to take it easy on her. Oh yeah, she she, <laughs> she is completely and totally capable of, of whipping a majority of y'all's butts. Well, I, I I haven't actually met her. I shot one match that she was at this last year. Was at Wisconsin. It was a fairly tough match, um, and I think I don't remember. She placed pretty well sixth or seventh or something like that and i was like okay that's that's pretty impressive because it wasn't just a soft field of shooters there mm-hmm. so yeah i knew i knew she had it i knew she had it whenever i saw that hey hey uh austin i tate just said the the combined earnings from the jtech crew at ag cup is, is fifty seven thousand dollars so he yeah. feels pretty he feels pretty good about Hook me up with a, with a free class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, you just keep signing those big checks with my name on them, and you can come to all the JTEC classes you want. <laughs> that is funny. Well, are there any other lives? <laughs> yeah, Clay said some of us are still in the negatives. 
<laughs> hey, Clay won a stage. We didn't last year. At least he won one this year. Uh, you know, three of the three of the four of us have a cup. So, dude, Clay Clay racked it up through the year in the in the qualifier, though, man. He, he did, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did really well in all the qualifiers. Dude, uh, yeah, we need to we need to add would, that up and figure see, up what I that would assume too. Clay won close to ten grand total just in the qualifier this year. Well, maybe I'm maybe it was more like five or six, but. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he did because he he won close to twenty five hundred three grand or something like that for the Hornady, I think, because there's quite a few shooters there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did well. He did really well on the qualifiers. He can't complain about this year. That's for sure. He might not have had a great AG Cup, but he can't complain about the year. That is crazy. Any other lives? I think we're good for right now. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wind it down to shout outs. It's getting kind of late. Greg, we'll let you start. Oh, Lord, you put me on the spot here. All right, shout-outs, GSL Suppressors. There's supposed to be a banner right here, but it's hanging at the place that I have my NRL 22 match this weekend still. Um, they make awesome cans. They're super quiet. Um, I got two in jail at Crack Shot Pun and Firearms in Thompson. Um, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, our local indoor and outdoor ranges. Um, PDC Customs for the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man, available in lime green or normal, normal human colors. Um, Phone scope, phone scope, like super awesome training aid, um, makes you look super lit for the gram, everything else. Uh, Shooters World Powder, they actually still like have that stuff like in multiple places. So, you know, if you're like panicking, trying to find powder, try some of that stuff. It works great and it's still available. Um, Hunter's HD Gold because I'm blind as a bat and they make super cool glasses let me see the target so I could attempt to shoot at them or the dirt around them and Bortec to keep your rifle nice and clean. All right. Tom, you got any shout-outs? Well, since we're talking about the AG Cup, uh, all the guys that, that, you know, I, I always give a thanks to the sponsors and to all those guys again. I'm not going to list them all. But, you know, you know, the, the big money at this match came from, from the guys that said, you know what, I'm going for it, man. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to, and I'm going to go for it. And, and I've had a lot of guys hit me up, you know, with, you know, messages and stuff since the 2020 AG Cup says, man, I'm all in next year. I'm going for it. And uh, so, you know, this is a community that really supports itself. And uh, with the sponsors, they're part of this community. They make their living in this community. They support something like this that goes to uh, back to the competitors and the competitors that are in this thing, man. I mean, they're, they're carrying the lion's share of the 50 grand that, that was paid out came from those guys, you know, and they had a chance to win it back or not. But, uh, just man, let's just again, man. I, I'm I'm so thankful to be a part of this community. I've made I've made some of the best friends I've cherished the rest of my life in this this community, and uh, uh, I just love it, man. So I'm you even happy. had a new shooter that first year competing that went all out for the AG Cup, didn't you? He did. Uh, he he, uh, very good. Adam um, uh, Robinson. Robinson. Yep, Adam. He did, he did great, man. He came in, so man, I'm going to go for it. And the, the guy shot the guy shot really good. I'm not sure how new of a shooter he was, but he really he's fairly new. He's he's a JTAC shooter. He came and took our class. He's man. he's definitely uh, we're definitely proud of proud of Adam. He's done really well. Dude, he 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 burned it down, man. He made it day three and uh, and and did great. Won uh, a stage. Yep. So uh, you know, but you know, on behalf of myself and you know the AG uh, Armageddon Gear employees, man. 
thanks thanks to the guys that 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 support the sport and support us as a company. Thank you. Austin, what shout outs you got? Oh, well, obviously Impact Precision. Uh, man, Tate does a ton for the sport. He does a ton for us, and, and you know, we don't even have to ask him. He just does it. Um, Foundation Stocks, John, Colin, Amy, they're at a ton of matches every year. They're very involved, very supportive. I thought uh, Amy was going to have a heart attack, but. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she was more excited and more nervous than I was. was she was sitting there like this while you were shooting. Stuff. Like yeah. the last stage, she was like standing there like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think she was more nervous than I was, and I was pretty nervous going. Last <laughs> she one, she was wound up tight during that last stage. Yeah, yeah, she. Uh, but that's awesome. I mean, you know, the the support that they give and and do for this community is mm -hmm. just second to none. So, uh, proof research, proof barrels. I've been running them for a couple of years now. Um, been loving that. Uh, Wade Studeville, he does all my. Uh, barrel work all my gunsmithing everything uh, and if you know if you're running an impact you just call up Wade or go to impact to the and Wade Chambers those barrels and you can you, you get it and you stick with the same caliber and you don't have to change anything I've I don't know how many Studeville barrels I've shot out now and I don't think I've ever changed my die so it's just all right into the other one uh, Hawkins Precision uh, he makes great bottom metal uh, scope rings uh, Andy Hawkins, man, he's a great guy, uh, a good friend. Actually, he was in a squad with me on the very first two-day match I ever won in Kansas. So, um, go back to the beginning with him. Uh, Bix and Andy Triggers, uh, you check them out at Bullet Central. Uh, I've tried to turn a lot of people onto them. Um, you can put different shoes on them. I, I prefer the Gator Grip shoe, but a lot of people like the 90-degree flat shoes and, and the different things, but they're pretty customizable. Uh, adjustable sear man I've been running uh, I got one of the very first tax sport pros that they got in uh, in the very beginning and I've been running it since then and I've never had an issue with it so I definitely can't complain about that you know uh, we run the gear we run because uh, it works you know not because people give it to us or, or any sponsorships or anything like that we run them because that's what we trust and that's what we know uh, we bad close your ears Tom uh, we've uh, had wrenches bags. Hey, I, you know, I, I run your bags too, Tom. I really love, I love a game changer. I, you know, this is a good venue for me to say this. You know, the guys down at Weebad are awesome guys. Uh, I've used their stuff before I started making my own. It's American made. It's high quality. I'd much rather you, you know, if, if dude, I, we're not petty in this industry, you know, and, and uh, I, I give them the best, man. Uh, if they're successful, then I'm going to be successful. And if I'm being safe, they're going to be successful. And, so don't, don't ever, don't ever <laughs> worry about that kind of stuff, man, with me. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, Clay's Cartridge Company, got a shirt on here. He's loading my ammo. Um, you know, with a new kid and, and, you know, I did change jobs, so I get to be home more, but it just takes a big, big load off of me to not have to load that ammo. I just send it to him. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure his little cranking arm gets tired, but I send him all my brass. I send him my components, and, and he loads them. So it's really been a uh, been an awesome thing for me because I, then I don't have to worry about it. I, I tell him what I'm what load I want. I know he'll work up loads for you. Uh, you can send him his rifle; he'll do it all. Uh, you just have to get with him on pricing and things like that. Will he shoot for me too? Uh, he might. I don't know. Everybody's got, everything's got a so, price, right? So, so I see Clay all the time, but I've never, 
So he's you can honestly go to buy a box of ammo from Clay, right? Just right. hey, some three oh eight. But like if I say, Hey man, this this load works for my gun, uh I mean he'll he'll tailor it or I can send him the whole damn gun and he'd be like, Hey man, I got a I got a better load for you. You can and now we know whole, that Tom does yeah. not watch the shooter's mindset. Yeah, well, I, I did. I did see it last year. Last when you had Clay, but I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I noticed you were doing it with Clay, but uh, anyway, it's okay. It's yeah, okay, he, right yeah, here. Just, I understand, Tom. Yeah, send him the whole rifle. He'll, yep. he'll work up a load. He'll he'll run it out for you and give you your data. I'm one of those guys that like, oh, this shot good enough. I'll just load that real quick. You know. Yeah. Uh, but so, so if, if anybody wants to know a whole lot of information about Clay's Cartridge Company, check out the Shooter's Mindset episode 317 from last week. Um, uh, we had Clay well, on uh, here. We went into everything with him. I do need, I need to mention Hornady, too. Um, I just started running their bullets this year. I, I, I tried to – I didn't want to run the A-tips. A I didn't want to run the run tens. You know, they're a little bit more expensive. But, uh, you know, I, I bought them this year. I paid for them. Uh, and started running them, and they've been the easiest bullet to get running. And now I'd, I'd just assume pay full price for them is to go back to anything at this point. Yeah, that's the most important thing. If you find something that works, go with it. Like I say, we run what we run what works. Yep. What caliber do you shoot? Six Dasher. Okay. So, yep, I've been running a Dasher. I kind of, you know, I, for a while I'd go a little bit back and forth between a Dasher and a Creedmoor, shoot a Creedmoor in a little bit, some of the maybe the windier matches and, and some stuff like that, but I just always seem to find myself going back to the dasher and, and I just kind of decided to, to take some workload off me and not have to worry about more than one rifle. So I just would have two identical dashers, uh, one for a backup rifle and one, one usually on a higher round count, maybe one on a lower round count to, to be able to swap back and forth on. So. That's awesome. Works. All right. I guess we'll wind it down to me. So, Shout outs to McMillan Stocks, Prime Ammunition, uh, GSL Suppressors, Night Force Optics, Shooters of Augusta and Sharpshooters of Augusta, and HD Gold. And I just want to thank both of y'all for coming on and spending, gosh, two, a little over two hours with us tonight on your Tuesday night. I know everybody's busy and has a lot to do, so I appreciate y'all coming and talking about AG Cup and kind of getting some behind the scenes in there. So um, everybody can kind of judge if they want to go for it next year, right? So that'll be it for episode 318. Hey, of the let's, uh, we need to thank Tom, too, because none of this would have been possible without him. Tom, man, thanks for putting all this together. Uh, really? You, you've really brought something to the, to the shooting world that I thought coming in in the beginning that I thought it needed. I came from rodeo, uh, you know, and rodeo is, is really well at, does really good at self-sustaining and, and doing payouts and cash payout and, and a ton of people get into it and chase it hard. And I think, uh, I think we're on the right path for that now. And that's, that's a big part of what you've done here. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for inviting us out, letting us, you know, cover the match, feeding us and drinking us all weekend. Um, it was a, an awesome experience and hopefully we brought it to people at home. So that'll be it for episode 318 of the Shooter's Mindset. And we'll see y'all next week.